Welcome to the Wednesday Night Sports Show. I'm Andrew Smith, and my first guest is Mr. Gary Mutimer, ready to talk a little bit of Sunderland AFC. How are you doing, Boot? I'm great, mate. How's you? Not too bad at all. The EFL Cup um, has yeah. pitted Sunderland against either Fleetwood, Carlisle, and Aston Villa Juniors. They're all in Group A in the EFL Cup. How do you feel about the B teams, the, the junior teams, being allowed in that competition? Do you know what? I think it's quite a good thing because it's an experience for them. I mean, it shouldn't be too much of a hassle for Sunderland, in theory, but it's a great exposure for the, the smaller teams. And the teams don't normally go to bigger stadiums or play bigger sides. So I think, overall, it's a great experience. It's not just for the players, but for the management as well. So I'm all for it. Mate, so I've got to say, you, you're, you're the first person who's actually praised the inclusion of the uh, the B teams in that competition. So fair play for that. It maybe takes a coach to, to see the merit in that. Um, elsewhere, Sunderland trying to sign a new goalkeeper, not exactly a big name, and uh, Sunderland reportedly fighting it out with Ipswich Town for his services. Well, the whole squad uh, position needs to strengthen. They want the goalkeeper. They need to do everything they can to to get out of that ridiculous league that we've been in for since we invented the league. So if they, if the parking facilities need to strengthen the goalkeeper, um, then, then he needs to do that. I mean, personally, I think the entire back four and the goalkeeper needs to be readdressed. So, yeah. And at the moment, Sun's in such a financial um, dire strait, many around COVID and what's happened. Um, if we can get anybody on the cheap, even for free, even if we don't have to pay the wages, or even better, uh, let's go for them. And long as we, long as we can stop the ball from that and great speed, it'll do for me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Welcome back to the Wednesday Night Sports Show. Just a quick chat with, with Gary Mutimer there, busy man, of course. We're going to have a real blast from the past now. It's one of the original members of the show, as it was the three A's. Adam Callan is on the line. Adam, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad at all, mate. Goodness me, it must be the best part of 10 years uh, since you've uh, been on the Wednesday Night Sports Show, Adam. Of course, multi-talented, the, the famous Callum question, of course, uh, of which you, uh, which you uh, made your own very much. A uh, little bit of F1, a little bit of Weir Side League. Um, what have you been up to in the, the intervening 10 years since you were on the show? Well, I, I don't even know where to start, really. Um, I lived in Sweden for a year. That was quite interesting. Goodness me, where did uh, you in Sweden? We went to Gothenburg, me and my wife. Fantastic. Uh, we ended up working in a Mexican restaurant, of all places. Oh, wow. A Mexican was, uh, restaurant in Sweden? Yeah. Imagine what it was, that would be like. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. The people were so lovely. And like, from all over the world as well. It was quite a multicultural place. Wow. But, uh, I would love to go back one day. I always imagine uh, Scandinavia to be amazing, actually. It's one of the parts of the world that I've really, really loved to explore. Um, what, what's it like in terms of, of like the climate? Is it comparable to over here? Well, they had a, a, quite a hot summer while we were there. Then, I mean, like two foot of snow in the winter, and then back to hot summers again. So they get like real seasons, oh, <laughs> more than we do over here. That's fantastic. Um, and, and of course, famously, the, the lack of daylight, isn't there, in, in the winter months? You, you, how, how, how much is, is that uh, a factor? Well, we were nocturnal anyway. We were not getting getting home from work until like two o'clock in the morning. We had like a forty-five minute tram ride. So by the time we got home, got some food and everything settled in, 
it was like five o'clock in the morning we were going to bed. So we just became nocturnal, so we didn't miss it anyway. <laughs> That's maybe the best way to be. Um, did you take in any, any sport while you were over there, Adam? We didn't catch much, really. We were either looking for a job or having a job. <laughs> but there was a local football stadium, and I mean, the, they go mad for football out there, and it was... It's it's quite a friendly atmosphere from what I can gather. There's not a lot of taunting on the other side like there is over here, like when you say like rival matches and stuff like that. Oh, that's interesting. I, mean, I suppose because of the size of the country, there won't be that many cities that are too close together, I guess. Um, it, it's IFK, isn't it, over there? IFK Gothenburg. Yeah. Um, and, and the old Swedish league. Um, so, uh, so yeah, fantastic. So over there in uh, in Scandinavia, I know a lot of uh, a lot of British players go over there, particularly non-league players. I know quite a few that have have made the short trip up there. I think they do a lot of recruitment um, from non-league. Um, and uh, of course, I'm sure you've kept half an eye on on matters in the in the northeast. Have you managed to uh, to stay on top of uh, of UK matters while you were over there? We we kept up I think well enough, but um, it kind of like when we came back, it was a it was a busy time. I think we we found out that my wife was five months pregnant, wow. and she'd already missed the the scans and everything. That was it was a big surprise to us. But when we got back, it was all all systems go. We had to find ourselves a new place, a new house, and a new job, and everything, and settle down because we originally wanted to move back for the summer, move somewhere else, just to make a go of traveling the world. So uh, we eventually ended up coming back, settling down, and. To be honest, I kind of I missed out a lot at the time, wow. but I, I, it's, it's, I think it's all coming back again, isn't it? Goodness me! And, and did you come back to the northeast? Yes, I'm living in Horton at the moment, just around the corner from where I used to spend many a night at the, the matches watching the Wearside League. <laughs> Fantastic! Uh, and of course, you've probably seen the news, of course, that many many football fans will be celebrating. Um, probably many people in Houghton as well, um, that, uh, that the fans are going to be allowed back in in, in a non-league games uh, from from step three downwards. Um, it's all down to the, uh, the capacity numbers and, and and things like that. But uh, up to up to three hundred for the pre-season games, and then rising to six hundred for the step three games. So that's the likes of uh, South Shields and, and and teams of that level and downwards. And it's also going to affect the teams in the Northern League. And possibly even in the Wearside League as well, grassroots teams are going to be allowed um, to to have spectators in the ground, and uh, you, you can imagine for those Wearside League teams, Adam, it, it's a, a huge boost. It does make all the difference, doesn't it? I mean, even the the small games that I went to, you would often find upwards of a hundred people there. So I think yeah, everybody can be safe as well and still get out there and enjoy themselves. Indeed, no doubt, lots of work to be done behind the scenes. Uh, and I know when we uh, we we used to chat, we uh, also used to talk a little bit of F1 as well. Have you, you managed to keep your eye on with the Formula One? Yes, I catch bits here and there, but with a with a an energetic three year old, it's hard to sit down and watch anything for more than five minutes at a time. I get what I can. <laughs> I mean, he might like watching the cars go round and round. That might be fun for him. But it's really good to see uh, sport back on our screens. Well, I mean, lock, lockdown's a difficult time, isn't it? Without a, a little bit to uh, to keep you occupied in terms of sport. Yeah, it's been it's been a strange one. I mean, I've had to be off work for quite a few months now. But hopefully soon things can't get back to at least, if not normal, it's something something good, something safe. For everyone. 
Indeed, uh, and of course, uh, it won't be long before uh, mine's turn to, um, you know, the the, the northeast professional clubs, the uh, the Sunderland, etc. Of course, uh, the, the the League One season starting uh, next month. Uh, I've still yet to to hear from a Sunderland fan who's optimistic going <laughs> to the new season. We'll, we'll we'll see what Andy Muckles and John Stoker have to say a little bit later on. Uh, Adam, I, I mean. How, how do you see things panning out for the for the Black Cats in League One in in weeks to come? It's always cautious optimism, isn't it? You hope for the best, but you've got to prepare for the worst. That's it. That's it. And of course, uh, we've got the drawing for the Carabao Cup. Hull City and one of the teams they're going to be meeting in in League One twice, of course, in the coming season. It's quite a big game, I would say. That's quite an exciting draw. It is. It's, it was always interesting. I remember when I used to go as a kid. There was often quite a few games, and they were always memorable ones. Indeed, uh, and of course we we saw the salary cap come in last week. Uh, Adam, League One and League Two, um, capping the, the the salaries of the players, the outgoings, and um, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's fair? I mean, it is something that that could really uh, hurt teams, uh, the bigger teams in the league, the, the Sunderlands, the Portsmouth. Um, it, it's a little bit. I think it's quite a divisive uh, change. What do you think? I think it is strange. I mean, it's something that people have talked about for a while. It, was, it, seemed, it seemed like a, a strange time to, to bring it in. But you never know. You might, you might see some good come out of it. You never know. Hopefully it will work out okay for the Black Cats who are uh, busy looking for a, a new goalkeeper and, and busy getting through pre-season ahead of the new campaign. There are always certain games that you pick out, but it, it's a tough one for League One, I think, Adam. I, I think when you're, you're in the Premier League, you look for Liverpool and Arsenal, Man United, of course, if you're in the same division, Newcastle. Um, yes. there's, there's no big derbies, there's no huge games in the in the season to come. I think with the middle leagues, it's always there's so much more change around, isn't it? Because you've got relegations and promotions from either end. Yeah. With the Premiership, it's just promotions in. Yeah, it, 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 there's a lot more change going on. It is, it is a big transition. I mean, Holy mentioned uh, Wigan, who we obviously hope are, are able to play in the coming season with all the problems they've had off the field. Um, yeah. Coming down, Charlton Athletic, another former Premier League club, and of course a club that Sunderland have a history with, don't they, with the big playoff meetings they've had in, in years past. So that's going yeah, to be great some fun ones. Yeah, there are, and some not so fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, there's some there's some big games uh, to look forward to. But uh, I, I think everyone's just sort of trying to get their head clear and 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 sort of it, it seems like it, when it does happen, it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. I think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but it's. It's certainly something that we're all looking forward to, um, and, um, and you know what, Adam? I think we we might have to catch up in in, in weeks to come just to uh, uh, keep us up to date with uh, a little bit of Formula One, but also a little bit of uh, of what's going on locally uh, in the Wearside League um, in, in time to come, and a bit of Northern League as well uh, if you're up for it. Um, so, uh, so Adam, um, hopefully you can get a little bit of rest now. <laughs> yes. I Thank you very much for the bed now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us on the Wednesday Night Sports Show. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the Wednesday Night Sports Show. It was good to have a bit of a catch-up there with, with Adam Callum, one of the originals. And uh, John Stoker, well, I think he was with us back in 2009 as well when we first started the show. Uh, and he's joining us tonight. How are you doing, John? 
Not bad, thanks, mate. Yeah, it seems an awfully long time ago. <laughs> it does. It was over a decade um, that have allowed us to uh, to do a bit of uh, a bit of radio and uh, as as we are now a bit of podcasting. And um, some big news for Sunderland. Uh, they've got little cup draws. Uh, looking ahead, uh, the, uh, the the infamous Checker Trade Trophy, um, where we've got uh, the even more infamous, I think, Joey Barton uh, and his Fleetwood side in in the same group. Um, Carlisle United, I believe, have been uh, dropped in there as well. Um, Aston Villa under-21s completing the quartet, John, but uh, we were just saying off air, not, not the most thrilling uh, piece, of, piece of information. There's been more exciting. I, yeah, I, I can barely contain my excitement, I have to say. Um, I think, you know, by the time the season comes around and any fixture where those, uh, those lads in red and white are playing, I'll be a bit more interested, but at this precise moment in time, um, it's not particularly earth-shattering news, although uh, I am kind of missing football, uh, but not the uh, inevitable disappointment. <laughs> um, I, I spoke in, speaking to Moot earlier on, speaking to Gary Mootimer, um, he was one of the few people who managed to put a positive spin on having the B teams uh, in the Checker Trade Trophy. Um, where do you stand on that, John? Um yeah, I think I'm not sure it's a, a particularly good idea, to be honest, because for a lot of teams, uh, you know, if you're in the first, second division, you know, it's your chance to get to Wembley. And I could see that, you know, the uh, teams who do put the, the B teams in, um, as soon as they get towards, uh, you know, the back end of the competition, they could take it a bit more seriously and the like. And it's almost taken away the, you know, the the well, the, the whole idea of getting to Wembley for you know the, the normal teams in it. Now, you know we had a great day out at Wembley, obviously, uh, and unsurprisingly, we lost. Uh, but it, you know, it's I think it would just seem very very strange if you had a B team go to Wembley. It just doesn't quite seem right. And while it might bring in you know some of your younger uh, talent in some of these teams, which is good to get them game time, uh, it's just not. Um, it just just doesn't seem right to me. Indeed, and you, you sometimes think, well, I mean, they, they do enough of that in the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup, the uh, the quote-unquote big teams. Um, they don't necessarily need this competition. Do you feel it devalues it a little bit? Yeah, I do, without a shadow of a doubt. I think um, there must be better ways to get some of, uh, you know, this, this young talent at Premier League teams to, you know, get game time. Uh, but it shouldn't be at the expense of a competition that should really be, you know, serious stuff for, you know, League One and League Two. Indeed. Um, now, we spoke a little bit earlier with uh, uh, with Adam Callan about spectators coming back to, to non-league football and, and ladies football as well, John. Um, and I'm sure you've got a foot in both those camps. Um, now we'll start with the, with the ladies football, John. I think it's levels three and four that are affected uh, by the uh, by spectators being allowed back into grounds. Um, first of all, your reaction to that? I mean, presumably that's 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 really good news. Yeah, I think it's great news. Uh, you know, not at least for the you know the non-league men's sides, but you know the women as well. I think people just are desperate to get back to watching football, and uh, these guys want to play football with people watching them. You know, I think you know Premier League's finished, so's Championship, and you've got the Champions League going on at the moment, but. Without fans, it's it's nothing. You know, there's fans. The fans can't go to celebrate it. You know, okay, Champions League. You know, two teams in the Champions League final, but nobody can go. So what's the point? But it's it's down to the money side of things. So I think it's important for you know the kind of grassroots side of things, the non-league 
uh, teams and then uh, you know the, the ladies are kicking off again as well I think it, it's great news I was going to say I'm presuming there's a few emails and uh, messages going back and forth amongst uh, uh, your peers and uh, with the, uh, the 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 parents and the fans and some of the players no doubt uh, with, the, with the Middlesbrough supporters team and, and no doubt uh, close to home here with the, the Sunderland women um, what kind of support do you tend to get at, at that level John what what sort of uh, what sort of crowds do you have I think uh, Sunderland and uh, oh, we call it heyday, you know, the likes of Beth Mead playing when we're in the Super League. You know, they, they could get over a thousand people there. You know, it's always surprised me that maybe they don't get more. Uh, I think I think we've had the conversations on how many times uh, Sunderland have been royally messed about, and that they're you know really it's it's tough on them to you know maintain big crowds. But I think uh, Middlesbrough, you know, their 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 crowds are steadily rising, and I think as women's football becomes more and more popular you'll see more and more people going to watch it's simple as that so um, yeah I think it's uh, sooner we can get kicked off again uh, the better and uh, I know parents like uh, you know pleased that you know they can go and watch football that Daisy's had a few friendlies of late with you know the Middlesbrough reserve side and you know there's been a no parents can't watch you know, thankfully, there's been a few, uh, you know, peering through fences, or you know, but, you know, one, a few parents have been allowed to go in, you know, providing their, you know, standing well away from the action, which I think that's good. That common sense has prevailed. But I think as soon as you start getting to the, you know, the proper, you know, the league fixtures, no more friendlies, uh, then I think that's uh, uh, that's where you know it's you know that the rules and regulations are probably going to be more enforced, but. You know, we don't have huge, huge crowds, so uh, hopefully uh, there won't be too many restrictions and people watching it when the, the real action gets back underway. Where is the HQ for Borough Ladies, uh, John? Do you, do you play at like a men's non-league ground, or do you have your own your own facilities? They've, they've played at a few um, a few grounds. Uh, I mean, we've they've, they've had a few games, uh, a few uh, keenly uh, fought contests uh, against uh, Redka. Uh, played there, and I know they were uh, were up in. Uh, Walls End uh, the other weekend, but they've they have uh, games up at the Hurling Shore, um, and I think it's it's a it's a club that's really going forward. I think it's got so many of the junior sides. Uh, you've got the RTC as well, so when the you know the youngsters are playing, they can you know they can see something to strive for. You know, you've got the reserve sides, and then the, you know the first team, you know Borough Women's first team. So it's a, a real progression. So uh, you know they've got new people in place. They've got a new chairman and the like, and it, it seems to be a, a club going places. It, it is still strange cheering them on though uh, when uh, you know I've got my Sunderland top on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder they let you in. Um, is, mm. that, um, is that on the artificial surface there, or are you on the grass pitch there, Erling Shaw? Uh, grass pitch. There's a there's a lot of uh, well uh, they've got so yeah they've got a couple of pitches there. There is Astro at Hurling Shore as well. I mean it's a great it's a great setup. Um, you know so it's yeah it's it's it is a good setup. But inside as well they've got um, uh, there's a lot of training that goes in there. It tends to be uh, blokes and uh, juniors playing inside there. But I know the RTC and the you know the uh, women's uh, sides uh, play outside. Even uh, you know we get into the you know, when it's proper wintry and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes, the, you know, the pitches, uh, it seems that they don't stand up particularly well to water. So uh, whether they're looking at a new base at some point in the future, who knows? 
Indeed. Uh, I think there's a few men's teams who also play out there at the Hurling Show. I think you no know, Bull mm. Rangers in the North Riding League, I think are one and uh, under under I think you've got you've got a floodlit uh, um there's floodlights there as well, isn't there, John? Yes there are. Yeah, yeah. there are. So it's, it's quite a big uh, quite a big setup. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so great to get uh, spectators back for the women's game. And of course, as we, we found out, uh, also spectators allowed back uh, in the uh, the non-league uh, men's game from step three downwards. So that's the Northern Premier League, uh, what was formerly the Evo Stick and the Unibon League, uh, right down to Northern League um, and the grassroots level. So that would include the Wearside League as well. Um, we now know that the, uh, uh, the numbers involved are going to be um, calculated using the, the, the minimum capacity requirements for each level uh, so for example at step three at northern premier league level uh, it will be 300 to the end of august and then it will rise to 600 uh, which for most teams at that level will be enough but i can think of two or three uh, that might be caught out by to get bigger crowds but i'm sure the majority will just be delighted to get people back through the turnstiles yeah definitely and i think uh, yeah it's it's been a real hit for uh, you know, non-league football teams, you know, the finances coming in. I know Whitby Town's had a fundraising, uh, you know, uh, efforts, you know, to help keep things ticking over. So, you know, it's, I think we've spoken in previous weeks, you've got this, you know, ridiculous amounts of money swilling around the Premier League and the Championship. But this is the business end of stuff. This is where football starts. This is what gets, you know, young kids involved in football and liking football. And it's, it's a shame that, you know, so many of these smaller teams in the non-league will, will inevitably go to the wall because they've had no money coming in. So it's, it's going to be great news that they can get kicked off uh, and have people in to go and watch them so they can, uh, you know, get the Bob Wills at half-time and have a few pints afterwards. Absolutely. And uh, in almost there'll be a little bit of a almost a little bit of a trial, I suppose, going on, really, for for the, the larger clubs we'll be watching on, I would think, John, and, and maybe in those early games when there's nothing going on in the, in the higher divisions and might pick up a few extra fans. Definitely. Well, you'd think so, because uh, I have no idea when, well, I know when Sunderland are going to kick off. We've got no idea who can go. Uh, you know, they're talking about a capacity of, you know, 12,000. Well, how are they going to decide on 12,000? So I think there will be a lot of people who, well, a lot of people who don't watch, you know, football anyway, that maybe watch it on match of the day or something, it might encourage people to get along and support the local team. So hopefully these, you know, the local teams, uh, you know, do benefit from it a bit, really. Yeah, there'll be a few fans, no doubt, uh, missing the football fix, having a few withdrawal symptoms. And um, we have got the new fixtures coming in um, on Friday uh, for all the football league sides, including Sunderland, of course. Uh, who are the sort of sides you're going to be looking out for there, Jumbus? We spoke about this with Adam Callan earlier. There's, there's no Newcastle, of course. There's no Middlesbrough. There's none of the Premier League sides. It, it's, it's, it's interesting to see who, who would be the teams that you would be looking for, John, in those fixtures. Well, um, yeah, it's it's not particularly exciting, really, is it? And that's no disrespect to you know all the other teams in our league. I think uh, you know Hull have come down, haven't they? Uh, so uh, you know that'll be quite a good because that's going to be quite close, you know. And then you start looking at teams who your mates support. Uh, so one of my mates supports Shrewsbury, so we'll be uh, uh, looking forward to that one uh, an away day, and then a uh, you know, home match with them. So. You know, really, it's uh, obviously, you know, Joey Barton, it'll be his cup final, won't it, with his big mouth. So uh, that'll be quite interesting to uh, have uh, a match up with Fleetwood again. Um, 
but I'll be honest, there's not you know many games where you think, oh wow, it tends to be you know who are your mates are or you know dates, you know who's the Boxing Day game going to be or you know game around about my birthday, you know trying to plan for an away day or something like that. So it's that's that's generally the the way you uh, look at doing the season to see uh, you know whether it coincides with any birthdays or whether I can wangle trying to you know organise corporate or something like that, but. Um, they're all games that you know. I think we should win. Uh, inevitably, we won't. Um, but yeah, it's, I suppose it's a little bit exciting having the fixtures out because you know that football's not too far away then. Yeah, it feels a little bit more real. Um, and, and of course, we've got pre-season underway, John. I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on on any of the uh, the, the games uh, being lined up. But also, of course, Sunderland in the transfer market linked with a, a, a new goalkeeper, of course, needing a, a, an understudy in there. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think typical Sunderland. You know, we we, we have youngsters uh, and you know we, we've never really given them a chance I thought Max Strychek was going to be decent uh, and then we've not given him a chance I think Patterson's supposed to be pretty good uh, he obviously needs to go out you know for first team experience now but there have been occasions where you know the youngsters whether it's in goal or you know outfield plays as well should have been blooded and given a chance you know there's a few games last season where you know might be three nil up at half time and yet we still don't bring them on. You know, with Mumba going, we could rue that. You know, Ethan Robson's gone. Um, so I hope that Embleton and, you know, some of the other youngsters who were called back, I think Jack, Jack Diamond, who was at Harrogate, it'll be interesting to see he how he gets on. I mean, I, I, I like the looks of Jake Hackett, who was at Whitby Town. Uh, but I think a lot of these youngsters who show promise never really get a proper sniff with the first team. And it's it's a whole different ball game now. We're not in the Premier League. We're in League One. So I think... Uh, these lads need to be given a go, and we obviously need to find a an understudy to Lee Burge because uh, we're looking at the squad and the players that we've got. We look desperately, desperately short. Uh, but I think with the you know the wage cap rules and the like, it means that finally we're going to have to try and get some young Macams through the ranks and playing for the first team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to that end, do you think it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise? Could be, yeah. Even had one of my mates say the other day, "Oh, I tell you what, it'd be best if we went down to League Two and really, you know, cleared the decks and got youngsters playing." Well, you know, I thought when we went down to the Championship, oh, it'd be good to consolidate and go back up, and then we dropped down to League One. Yeah, it's probably good that we're down here so we can consolidate and go back up. It's not as easy as that. Uh, so I don't think dropping down to League Two before we um, take any drastic action would be the best course of. Uh, action uh, I think it's we've just got to I think any team you have to have you know a bit of experience but we need hungry youngsters coming in not journeymen who you know we pick up for next and out who haven't been able to cut the mustard but we do need some youngsters in and you know nobody loves it more when you have a uh, you know a local youngster in the side uh, so you know Pickford's come through and Henderson's come through and we've made a load of money out of them which incidentally Henderson did get booed a lot by uh, some Sunderland fans who are never ever pleased and it's you know it's little, it baffles me that uh, they were giving him some jip and yet he's uh, you know he's been England captain captain you know of uh, the European champions and yet for some Sunderland fans uh, he wasn't good enough so that just goes to show that we've got a problem with uh, a minority of our fans as well 
Yeah, <laughs> I think he certainly had the last laugh there, hasn't he? Um, Definitely. I asked uh, John. I asked uh, Gary Moodsome of this earlier on, uh, John. You'd probably be unsurprised by his answer. Um, where are the are the changes needed to be made at Sunderland? And he was pretty much uh, everywhere. Um, I mean, it's anywhere in particular other than that uh, substitute goalkeeper where you, where you think that there's an urgent need to strengthen. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we. I still think that Will Grigg could come good. And maybe it's with my red and white tinted spectacles. But how many times have we seen uh, some signed players who were decent and then we turned them crap? Uh, you know, it's it's not. You know, we we've there's something inherently wrong with Sunderland. I could guarantee I'd almost put my house on the fact that we will let Will Grigg go for next to nothing to get his wages off the books. And then the next team he goes to, he'll score goals. And that will just be typical Sunderland. So, you know, play the right system, have some decent players around him with a bit of confidence, hit the ground running, get a few goals. I'm convinced he could score goals, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and I think that this wage cap stuff, uh, you know, we're, we'll probably let him go. I'm not sure who could afford his wages. So so really, we're gonna, we're, we could do with a couple of strikers. Because Charlie White's never going to be a 20 goals a season man. Um, he doesn't really, really, really... It's not a real big handful for opposition uh, defenders. So, you know, both of those two don't really excite me. Uh, we need some creativity in midfield. Um, we need some, yeah, we need all over the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dear. Um, but, uh, yeah, matching Moots' answer very much there. Um, now, mm. normally uh, on a Wednesday night, we, we catch up with uh, uh, the ex-Durham uh, all-rounder, Ash Thorpe, to talk a little bit of cricket, John. But, uh, mm. I know you're an admirer of the, uh, the red ball sport, and we've got the third mm. test coming up on Friday, uh, England against Pakistan. Um, which way would you be going after that second test? Well, so we didn't really learn too much, I didn't think, other than oh. Jimmy Anderson is still a fantastic pace bowler. Um, would you be keeping the same England team, or would you be tempted to maybe make a change? I'd, I'd keep the same England team. I think if anything that the test showed, it's uh, uh, the cricket governing bodies need to work it out so that you know they can play with floodlights on. Uh, you know, uh, maybe start games earlier. You know, the amount of time lost for wandering off, wandering on, umpires having a look, going back off, coming back on for half an hour. It's just a nonsense. There's no other sports like it. You know, just get playing. And I think uh, Joe Root was interviewed today and he was saying pretty much the same. You know, if it's bad light, stick floodlights on. Simple. You know, it's not rocket science. Um, so I think with that, I'd, I'd stick with the same side. I think from, you know, the, the first session or two of the the first test match, you're thinking Pakistan are absolutely going to steamroll us. Uh, but to be fair, it's, it, they've, we've come back well. And it looks a really good... Uh, reasonably evenly matched uh, series. I think England are better and providing we can bat against the new ball, I think we've got enough uh, to win. Uh, we just need the uh, some decent weather and uh, get uh, Jimmy Tech in uh, some wickets with some early swing and Stuart Broad is a man on a mission at the moment. I think it was probably a master stroke to drop him and since he's come back in he's been uh, a man on form. 
yeah, just need to wind him up a little bit, I think. And, and the, yeah, exactly. You, know, <laughs> um, you mentioned the light, and obviously the. Uh, I always think cricket seems to be about twenty or thirty years behind the rest of the world, um, the rest of the world sport, because the you know no other sport. I don't think anywhere where you you, you stop for forty minutes for a lunch break and and then later on go and have your tea for half an hour. It's it's, it's a bizarre one, I think. And then the the rigidity you mentioned the early starts, the rigidity. Of the 11 a.m. start, why they can never start early, I just don't understand. Sorry, it, it's daft. Uh, they, they were talking about maybe a half 10 start, you know, stop it with all these drinks breaks. You know, like you say, you know, it's, yeah, okay, have your lunch, but then you don't need tea. You know, us pro cricketers on a Saturday, you know, you end up just playing, you know, not even playing with, you know, having tea at the moment. And it just seems daft. And I think. You know, I, I think a lot of the cricketers get annoyed because they just want to play cricket. And I think the, the worst one is where you might have some rain. They'll go off. The umpires will come out, have a look to see if it's stopped raining, which you can see that whether you're in or out. Uh, and then they'll say play will resume in 40 minutes. And then by the time the 40 minutes comes, there's a bit more drizzle. So they so they stay in again. Then they come out and have a look. Just to sort it. It takes five minutes to get out and start playing. Uh, and as I say, I think this bad light is is crackers when these grounds have floodlights. So, you know, we know, we've seen before at World Cups and the like, if you're uh, batting, you know, at 10 o'clock at night or half past nine at night, you know, conditions can drastically change with the lights, which could maybe be unfair. But that's that's just how the cookie crumbles when you're playing cricket. And I think, you know, most games anyway, if you just need to get an extra hour or a couple of hours in at the end of the day and you use the floodlights, it just seems nonsensical that there's all this waiting around. You know, you've got to bowl spinners before you go off, and then you could quite easily get another couple of hours in or at least get those allotted overs in that you're supposed to play if somebody just switched the floodlights on. So I think particularly after this, uh, the last test against Pakistan, there's been a lot of moaning and groaning. Uh, but we've heard it all before. Nothing ever gets changed. Indeed. We will see what happens on Friday, John. The third test between England and Pakistan, a decisive third test as well. Thanks very much for joining us on the Wednesday Night Sports Show. No problem, mate.